Welcome back to Two Homers and a Realist. This is the midweek pod right before the UCF game. We're at the middle point of the season, and it's time to get the rest of the season going. Before we get going, let's talk about our new sponsor. This pod, the midweek pods, are going to be brought to you by Fluke Luke Fishing. That's a YouTube channel where Fluke Luke brings you feel-good fishing content and honest reviews of equipment and tackle. Go to his YouTube channel, watch, like, and subscribe. It's a great channel, very entertaining, very informative. Well, guys, we got the uh, UCF game coming up. Um, and you want to do the introductions? All right. I'm Steve. Lucas. Jay. And Connor's here as well. Thank you. I missed the last midweek, so I want to make sure everyone knows I'm here. Connor is here. Connor is here. They'll hear those idiotic takes and they'll figure it out. (laughs) Well, let's get a look. We want to do lock of the weeks first? (laughs) (laughs) Already, already getting in there. So, we got the midweek, guys. What what, what are we looking forward to in this UCF game? OU's like a 18 and a half point favorite. It's fallen a little bit. Going to be a tighter game than what it opened at? I don't know. What do you guys think? It feels like forever since we last played. I mean, the Cotton Bowl feels... Yeah. We've done a lot since then. We've watched a lot of football since then. Um, we've watched some teams lose that I think we can all agree are we're happy happy about over the, the bye week period. Um, I'm excited. I, I said it in our pregame video, but I also will reiterate it here, is I really hope that we can see this continued momentum from the defense uh you guys asked the question for me last week and I think I would have phrased it I'm not necessarily seeing this specific week as a letdown as a hangover effect we we all saw the record of of OU's record uh uh, after the Texas game for the last 20 years I think we've lost like one game maybe in 2014 um but I'm thinking more so just holistically the back half of the season let down is, and I I feel that way because we've looked so dominant, especially on that side of the ball. I I don't want to get to a moment where we're all looking at each other like, oh crap, like, you know, like that, what, where was, where's the defense that we saw in the first half of the season? So I don't think that's going to be the case, uh, but I am excited to see some, some continued momentum on that side of the ball. And then just the improvements, uh, the continued improvements offensively, uh, whether that be offensive line play, which uh, we're going to have to figure out with, uh, with an injury to Matoyer. Um, shout out to him. We saw him at dinner tonight. Um, and then also with Andrell Anthony being out uh, for the rest of the season, we're going to have to see what that you know room of wide receivers does, uh, especially some of the guys who are going to be asked to step up over the, over the next uh, six-plus games. Um, so, I don't know. Overall, still cautiously optimistic. I think we proved a lot in Dallas, and I'm ready to continue kind of the narrative of, I mean, still nationally, I don't think we're getting the amount of respect that I believe we deserve. We had, we had a bye week. I mean, yeah. I'm looking, Out of the spotlight. I'm looking forward to putting the Texas game behind us. And just act, so are they. Just acting like it never happened at this point. It's a, like Jay said a couple of pods ago, it's a fresh midseason now. You're you're let's go O and O currently, and just say we got to win the next six games to get to conference championship, and then see what happens after that. Um, I know you got we a had three a, game season. We at had that a point. lot of press in front, or I mean after the Texas game, with Stutzman going on various shows. That was awesome. It does help put you in the spotlight with committee and stuff like that being on national programs but that was two weeks ago practically you know by the time this game kicks it will be two weeks ago so it's time to go out there and show what we've improved on in the bye week which hopefully running game is a big part of that because 
Uh, UCF gave up 399 rushing yards to Kansas in Lawrence a couple weeks ago. So I fully expect, I mean, I don't know if I expect it, but I truly hope we get 220, 250 rushing yards. Now, if they're just selling out on the run and giving us 500 passing yards, and so be it. But I would like to get the running game going. It sounds like Barnes is still not completely healed from his offseason foot surgery, even though he played I wonder a couple if he, games. I wonder if he redshirts at this point. I mean, I mean, is he the talent that's going to be the type to redshirt? How many games has he played? I think, I think he's been in two, two. games. Okay. But, I don't think he played against Cincy. Um, or... I think Tawi Walker is our lead running back. The dude bumbles and stumbles for extra yards every time he get, he gets hit. After a four-yard run, he gets time. three more yards. Mm-hmm. And Major hasn't shown that he can do that, and we definitely haven't seen enough of Salchuk really since the bowl game to, to know what he's even what kind of form he's in right now. Can Tawi catch the ball? Yeah, I think he can. I mean, just don't know if that's we've seen that part of his game. I don't think too we, much. I mean, that's a play to me that you should use two or three times a game on that's the running back screen. You got to hit have, him if you're going to. We throw have it. so many wide receiver screens available with the guys that we've got over there, especially Farouk, who can do great things once he touches the ball. With you know, even even in a crowded area, he can make people miss. He's got a little CD Lamb to CD Lamb to him in that in that body frame he's got, but. Um, I don't know. Let's let's just keep rolling, but start anew, essentially. Yeah, I'm excited because I feel like this isn't a typical time of the season that we get a bye week, Mm-mm. and it's, it's usually after though. like the third week or fourth week <clears throat> of the season we don't even need a bye week. Um, at this point, after six games and and just after Texas, you kind of know your roster and you know your roles and you know who's going to play where and what. And I think that's extremely advantageous because now you just really focus in and hone hone in on what exactly we want to do with the exact personnel for situations. And I don't think we're anywhere near where we can go as a football team. So for me, it's extremely exciting because the defense has looked really good. And I still think there's just leaps and bounds that we can improve on, to be honest. And it would just be awesome to really just start to see it come together and we are just absolutely you know putting our foot on the throat of opponents and just sucking the will right out of them. Well, when you start feeling like the the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world who go and put games away that they should put away even after big emotional um, action-packed games like we came off of in Dallas where you are going to be in a fight in a game like that but with the slate that we have coming up I mean, looking at this game specifically, this is a game we should go in, take care of business comfortably, and move on to the next. So um, I, I agree holistically with that. I think so, Tate too. Jay. I think that, to me, this is kind of an important game to see how we come out of the gate after a bye week, after a lot of publicity, after a lot of excitement and emotions following, obviously, an epic win against Texas, accomplishing so much, getting to this new plateau, Will we come out stale or will we come out fresh and hungry? Do we come out looking like we have been working on things? We are looking for improvement because we do need lots of improvement in lots of areas. Uh, anyone who looks at this 6-0 and schedule or record and what we've put on display and thinks that that's enough is really not seeing the full picture of what I think our potential is, just like you say, Jay. And I'm sure the coaches are seeing it and trying to reiterate it every chance they get to the players 
hopefully it's sinking into the players and they understand they still have a long way to go with a lot of opportunity in front of them, but a lot of challenges. Now, you've got a fairly soft schedule, it looks like, but I don't know how soft it is in comparison to the first five games. So, And you weren't perfect in those games. There were things that could have gone against you, at least in one of them in the SMU game, that you, you could have been in more than just a dogfight. You could have lost that game. So hopefully they, they do that. I'm looking to see how they emerge right out of the gate. Hopefully it's not stale. I want to see us, as I mentioned last week on the pod, I want to see us really putting opponents away quickly. I want to see us hitting on, on not all cylinders, but almost all cylinders, uh, if not all cylinders. I, I would like to see us in what you would like to call midseason form. We're relatively healthy. We are going to have more talent than the teams we're playing. We should be able to put them away. And one of the things I look forward to is seeing us be able to get uh, guys in that are second string, third string, and rest those starters uh, and comfortably have them in to seal victory away, um, salting games away, and then work on things that those guys need to work on because they need to be call- they may be called on. Obviously, you're just one injury away in many cases from those guys being the, the front line. And so... I want to see them get some valuable playing time and experience. That kind of relates to the question we posed to the Twitter audience this week, or X audience. What will we learn? What will we learn if this team is 6-0? and Will we learn anything out of this team going 6-0? and The results were 5% said no, nothing. We won't learn anything. 39% said yes, we will learn something, but it'll be a little. And 56% said yes, we'll learn a lot. I was in the little camp. I don't think there's... I think it's possible we learn a lot. 6-0 from, from here on out. From here on out, yeah. If we're 6-0 and in these last six games, um, I don't know if we learn a lot. Uh, it could be. I think we learn a lot if we're 5-1 and one or 4-2. and two. But if we're 6-0, and oh, we just may not know a whole lot out of it, but maybe we will. I was in the little. I don't know what you guys did. I put, um, I think I actually went back, I went back and looked, and, and maybe we can try to define little versus a lot. But I, I put a well, lot. Little is less than a lot. It is. It is. So where we draw that line, maybe. Um, I I put a lot, and I, I say that because we haven't gone twelve and zero in the regular season since two thousand three, four, yeah. somewhere around there. Maybe five. Two thousand five. Not five. Two thousand four. Not five. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think it'll tell us a lot about what this team has made it to. Um, and I'm trying to word this correctly, but I don't know. I, I think if we can get to that point where we are putting games away, and we, let's go back and look at Cincinnati. That's a game that, looking at what Cincinnati is right now, probably should have done a lot more than what we actually did mm-hmm. in that game and won more handily than what we did. Offensively. Offensively, yeah, 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 exactly. So, and maybe that's more what I'm saying is, is definitely I think we could learn a lot on the offensive side of the ball. Because if we're going and putting games away and we get to that 6-0, and we don't drop a regular season game at all, um, I think you learn quite a bit, especially in terms of, wow, maybe we actually are getting our stuff together from an offensive side of the ball. Maybe Jeff Levy is figuring this system out on his own, plus Dylan Gabriel's really settled into it, where in the first few games we were all criticizing that he wasn't. So um, I think there is a lot to learn, and maybe it's, maybe it's not learning. Maybe it's just validation. I don't know. I did a little because I don't think the competition is very good. And we've had plenty of years that even though we've gone, say, 11-1 and one and won the conference championship, we've gone into the playoffs thinking, oh, this team really – we know what this team is, 
And then, bam, Clemson destroys us. Bam, LSU destroys us. Bam, uh, Alabama against Kyler Murray comes out and killing us in the first half. So we have thought we knew the, the teams going into those bowl games. But this year, even at 12-0, and 0, we really, other than Texas, could face hardly any decent competition. And going into a conference championship game, say a rematch with Texas, or a playoff game, God willing, that we still may not know fully what this team is because we wouldn't have faced the elite teams. So that's why I chose the Or even strong competition. Yeah. Yeah. I think I put a little. I actually don't remember. But it's, to me, ultimately, it's probably just game dependent. Um, If we come out and the defense just is just dominating for the next six football games, I don't care who our Mm -hmm. opponents are. I think you can you can learn a lot from your football team. I would agree. And vice versa, the defense might struggle the back half, and maybe the offense picks it up, and you learn a lot about this football team. Um, yeah, how, how you win is going to yeah. matter a lot. I, I think that if we just the record itself, yeah, I don't think you learn much about, but maybe how the games go, and and these the, the opponents. That's really a moving target. I think that right now. I would say that Oklahoma State on paper looks to be that or TCU probably our toughest opponent um, and considering where the game's being played in Stillwater versus at home. Uh, I know that for what it's worth, the All-State playoff predictor has TCU as our di- most difficult opponent left. Narrow, just behind them is Oklahoma State and, and TCU were 88% likely to win. Well, TCU so, with the quarterback change yeah, looks significantly stronger. better. And they've got a lot of time to get that groove going, obviously playing us at the end. So who knows? Maybe these teams, you know, a, a few weeks ago, we didn't think Oklahoma State was anything at all. And now all of a sudden, kind of like what Connor said weeks ago, Gundy's going to get it together. And sure enough, here they are. And, and they're looking a lot stronger. Well, so at the end of the day, I mean, we're going to be favored in all of these games. It's a matter of, and I think rightfully favored. I don't think there's not a game, obviously not a game on the back half of this schedule where we are not I think marginally better the better football team and I hope we don't slip into that playing down to the level of opponent and I'm not saying that one loss gets us out of any sort of conversation I think all of us sitting here saying an 11 and 1 regular season is it's obviously outperformed most of our expectations outside of Steve's going into the season um, but also I don't even I don't think that loss that Steve necessarily thought originally was there would have been a loss to potentially Oklahoma State on the road or mm-hmm. a TCU at the home at home or even it was, it maybe was just BYU. a chance of losing to Texas. Yeah, so I mean, and that's, gone. And that's why you've that's why you've gone up to twelve and zero, right? So um, I think one thing to note that it's funny in the in the front half of the season you had a lot of these fans I think hedging their bets before the Texas game um, when when they saw what our defense was and it's just. It was a, oh, let's just enjoy the ride, enjoy this for what it is type of thing right now. At this point, you've beat Texas, you're 6-0, and and you have everything in front of you. We're, we're done enjoying the ride. I think there's an expectation to be had, and it should be shared amongst the fan base. I think it will be. I think it should be. Yeah. And um, I think there needs to be, all right, like this, we've got something here. I'm not saying we're going to go and win a national title, even though we will, but I'm not, I'm not going to expect everybody to feel that way. Um, I but, bet I bet more so than most uh, people do. Yeah. I bet you are actually more in a 
not a pessimist, but you're not as optimistic or as high expectations as, a, as the average fan. Yeah. I bet the average fan now has reset to a trajectory where they're expecting a lot. And I, I, I think they'll be a lot less forgiving going forward than they have been in the first six games with different things that we saw, close games uh, at times, close, close moments. Uh, mistakes made. I think there's going to be a lot less forgiveness there. I mean, the good part... The monster. You're feeding the monster. The good part for me is, you know, between what happened last year and, you know, the first six games still not being perfect football games for our team, especially Texas. I mean, there's a ton to improve on. Oh, yeah. Give that Texas 520 something yards. Yeah, so it's not like the defense can just sit back and feel like, oh, we've made it and we're good as the good offense, as the offense was completely unproductive for a, a good two quarters. two quarters of that game. Yeah, yeah. so there's, there's still plenty to, to harp on and to work on, and we're far from being a finished product. Oh, absolutely. Well, so, speaking of fans, I had a listener question All right, from Patrick and his son, Matt. They have right. this question. Patrick and Matt, here we They're go. They're coming to their first game this season. Right. Well, they've come to games in the past, but this is the first game this season they've been able to make. And they want to know what the atmosphere is going to be like because – it's our first home game, obviously, since the Texas win. We don't have another home game for we've got two road games in a row coming up after this. It's homecoming this weekend. It's another stupid 11 o'clock kickoff, which is just kicking the nuts again. I saw this stat the other day. I think Jay sent it to me. It says, since 2015, Alabama has played five SEC games at 11 o'clock. In that same time frame, OU will have played 23 Big 12 games at 11 o'clock. Not including Texas. Not including Texas. Not including the Big 12 championship. Or the conference championship game. 23. So how many of that, since what year? Since 2015. So that would include then another four Big 12 championships and every every Texas game? Except for 2017. Yeah, we except had one, for 2017. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a ton. That's a lot. So that's obviously 30 the plus. fans 30, are getting yeah. sick of it. We're getting sick of it. Um it's, it, it's not necessarily hard for us to get up for a game that early because we're crazy. <laughs> but, I mean, the casual fan like Patrick and Matt that watch all the OU games but don't venture down here as uh-huh. often, um, what's, what's it going to be like this, this Well, weekend? the weather's going to be perfect. Yeah. You're coming off of a giant win against Texas, so I think it'll be very exciting. It's not a big opponent. And so the expectation, I think, is kick the crap out of them early. If... I think the pregame atmosphere, my guess, is going to be very rich and wonderful, albeit adjusted for the fact that it's 11 a.m. kickoff. Yeah, homecoming is at nighttime on Friday night now. Right, and so you, you get some of that excitement that, that gets taken up in the, in the night before. I, I think that it'll be pretty exciting, but I think that it will really tell about how we open the game. It could be a lot of grunts and frustration if we're not really dominant really fast. Uh, I, I think that will... And and also, I I would imagine there's a different crowd that shows up for 11 a.m. than than the night game, in terms of people that choose to come, um, season ticket holders versus others versus friends that you give your tickets to. Uh, it's a composition effect, that's different too. It would be my guess. What do you guys think? I I, I agree. I think to your point of of coming off a, a big a big win against Texas, um, homecoming does play a role. There'll be people in town that aren't usually in town for games that'll be at the game and, and showing up. Um, and sometimes that's actually a downer if you've got people that are, they're sort of the casual fan that comes out for homecoming that comes back. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a little 
shot of adrenaline running through the fan base right now where people are excited to get out here. Um, I, I think it sucks that it's at 11 a.m., but I, I feel a lot less um, dreadful about coming to this, being 6-0 and and having as much in front of us. And I, I bet I'm not the only one who feels that way. I think a lot of people are excited to come see this team play. And I think what we're doing on the defensive side of the ball is really helping that. I, we're really enjoying watching our guys run around the field and, and make plays. So and I think it'll a, be good. It's a new conference opponent, too. It's somebody we're not going to get to play again Yeah, because it's a one-and-done for us with them in the conference. Does that, any add, does that add any mystique, essentially, to playing a, an incoming school that we're never going to see again? I don't know. It, it's hard to say that with it being UCF. And you mean 2017 national championships or whatever they were? What year was it that they – they claimed a national championship. <laughs> Just to show them who's daddy. I don't, yeah. I don't remember what year that 17 was. 17 or 18. 17 I think it was something, yeah, like something in there, yeah. I think in-game atmosphere will be the same as it always is. I think the crowd will show up. The weather um, helps. The heat shouldn't be exhausting people. No, yeah. weather, weather, weather should be good. Be fantastic. The pregame stuff for 11 a.m. stick around because of the weather. Yeah. Pre-game stuff for 11 a.m. is just hit or miss. I don't know. So it's, just, it's hard to tell what the atmosphere is I mean it's a like. busy it's a busy morning getting up and around and getting down here and making a viable um atmosphere before the game yeah, yeah tailgating so, and stuff's not as yeah and I mean having to cook breakfast everyone can say that oh that's an excuse and everything it's not I mean it's <laughs> it's a pain in the ass <laughs> like, it's really tough it, it really it, it well everything I mean not that we want people just drunk but it's just hard to get into that midday rhythm that early because 11 a.m. on a Saturday is early for most people. And students too. Students especially. <laughs> so it's hard to Especially really on the back end of a homecoming yeah, festivity on yeah. Friday night. Friday night yeah. for homecoming, parade and all now, that. Now, I, I do think the 11 a.m. helps from the standpoint of it does, it, with great weather, it keeps people at the game longer who are going to look for an early exit if it's a night game. That's why I think the 2.30 game is actually the, the, the perfect game time. Um, it's a good mixture of all of it. But 11 a.m., you're going you're gonna to keep people in the stands, hopefully not because it's a close game, hopefully because they're seeing what I want to see, which is a lot of players play, including Jackson Arnold. I think Jackson Arnold gets in this game. Um, do you guys think he'll get a chance to play? And I mean play like hand the ball to him to finish the game. I think he may get in for some early series to, to try some things out the way they've done in several games. But I think he'll get to a, a, to a point where we're ahead enough that he'll get to finish a game, the game and actually run some plays. You guys think he will or won't? I think he'll get some drives in the second half um, that are more of offensive, intentional drives <laughs> as opposed to killing the game. Um, I don't know how much I expect to see him early on, to I don't, be honest. Any at all. I early? Think, None. I right. think that Gabriel being in the position that he's in right now, even nationally, I think – the and and That's maybe maybe I, I can say he's in longer. Heisman race, but yeah, yeah. I think I think they're going to be feeding Gabriel opportunities to go make plays. I I don't see them. I don't see them needing to bring Arnold in. I don't mind it if they do. To Steve, to your point, but I just don't. I don't see it being a priority anymore. He's either second or third in the odds, depending on which bookkeeping service you look at. And who's to say that they're they don't see that and they say well. You know, we're up 42 to 10. This would normally be a moment in the fourth quarter that you're putting Arnold in. But let's get Dylan another touchdown or, you know, let's or pad his stats a little bit. 42 to 10, I think Arnold will come in the game. Um, if he's it's 42 shown to enough. 10 at the end of the third quarter. 
You I, think yeah. Arnold comes in there? No, what I bet. If, what if I Gabriel, bet. I bet he doesn't. Got three rushing touchdowns. If he comes in, if he comes in, because we're ahead, it'll be no more than seven or eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Really? All right. Well, related question. Put your fandom aside and tell me if I grant you a vote for the Heisman right now, who would you vote for? Penix. Penix. I guess. I mean. I still think Caleb's the best player in the country, if that's the way you want to give the award. But I don't know. He looked really bad the other day. I don't know he's point. deserving, but he's the best he's player in the country. He's not deserving. That's they, the problem. They just faced their only tough defense of the season, and he had four, four picks. interceptions. Uh, three, picks. three picks and a and a drop for a scoop and score. Yeah. Okay. I right. thought he threw four interceptions. No, he did, though. He threw four interceptions, I he think. He threw four? I don't think he did. I, I think it was three, three, three in the first well, half. Well, look it up. It's awful. He played he, awful against Notre Dame. I still, I still think he's the best player in the country. But again, I wouldn't give it. Uh, I don't know. The back-to-back yeah. Heisman thing is a stumbling block for me. Yeah. I mean, it would be. Yeah, I think so. Unless hmm. he's just that much better than everybody. Setting aside, you know, my heart, I, I could vote for him. For that wouldn't stop me. That wouldn't do anything. The only thing it might do is it might cause me to overcorrect, thinking that I need to make sure I'm not thinking of last year. And focus on this year. He's but ahead if, of but last year. But if I focus on this year, it's ju- he's just not that good this year. He's he's ahead in he's every not. statistical category from he's, last year. He's only ahead because they've had to play him for four plus quarters. Well, it doesn't mean he's still not, not statistically winning. ahead of where he was yeah, last but year. But yeah, last not. year the first three games, even his QB he ratings, he barely played higher than last year. Yeah, exactly. They he's nobody. had to play. Yeah, I mean his QB rating might be high, but his QB rating against uh, I mean, the only defense he's played I has mean, been horrific. And we've seen other near interceptions dropped. Was it three interceptions? Three, three interceptions, and and several others just bad plays. I mean, just for devil's advocate, you could you could also say they don't have him, and who knows what the record is? Just like when he was well, here, clearly. Well, but that can be that about if, anybody. If he's not there, so I, I'd vote for Penix at this point, as, in terms of who's earned it. Now let me turn the question. Earned it. Penix has a much better win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Fast forward to the rest of the season. What do you project? Do you think there's a chance that you, if you, if I were to give you a vote, would you vote for Gabriel? Can you see a scenario where you'd vote for Gabriel? Not me. No. No. And that's what I I, I don't think. And I don't think you. To counter the point I made a, a minute ago, I don't think you play him with that type of mentality as a coach. Like we've seen. We've seen that the guy can go and win us games. Why risk him getting hurt in the the third or fourth quarter if we're winning big when you can go and get meaningful experience for Jackson Arnold? And I'm not saying and like – build for the future. And, yeah, and I, you, you get the best of both worlds there. I don't think – with where this team is at and it's currently performing <clears throat> well above expectation and the stat I've really liked this year is the – Points above expected against the opponents that you've played, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And OU is like ten plus points, yeah, yeah. and they digits. lead. They lead the nation. And I think if you, right now, if you're performing like that, you're going just to win games, and you do everything you keep. You do everything you can to keep the players that are winning you games. And I will say, Gabriel looks like he's that guy right now, who's helping you win games. Um, you keep him healthy. And then, Steve, to what you just said, you start building for the future where you can. It's, it's an absolute best-case scenario we're in right now if that's where we see ourselves in the third or fourth quarter next week, or this week. Yeah, that, that, that'll be interesting to see how they play that. Um, we'll have to look for that. 
depending on the game situation and what they do. There are little things they can do also, which I hope they don't let that influence them too much, but if you are at the five-yard line, you can make some decisions about what you want to do. It might be more say, Let's quarterback throw run game. Or, or throw, uh, let them get a throwing touchdown. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's I all dependent on what other teams are doing, too. If Washington ends up with two losses, we all know the Heisman usually goes to the best player on the best team. Yeah. And if OU is one of the only two undefeated teams, let's say, come Heisman voting time, and he's got the big win against Texas. And, and another then, big win and against Texas. And another win against Texas, possibly. And an undefeated record. And the stats show out enough that, you know. Well, he's, he's a go- he's There's a, no question he's I mean, headed to New York. If he and he's a feel-good story. If he ends up with 35 touchdowns and four interceptions and, you yeah. know, 3,500 yards oh, and yeah. another 300, 400 he's rushing or whatever. transfer who came back yeah. from injury. Like I said in the last pod, they love a good story. They love the story. So the, the Hawaii aspect and all that is going to be in his favor, and he's – a really clean cut, clean cut, really well spoken guy. Unassuming. That that definitely helps. He doesn't have the the prototypical body to be a you know big time college quarterback. Um, all that is in his favor. Yeah, and for we, sure. And in the interviews, he's going to kill it. And so are we hoping USC beats Washington? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I just don't. You know, given our record that OU should have heading in towards like a Heisman ceremony. I just don't know how you could sit there and honestly vote for him as the best player in the country. Yeah, but how many people with Heisman votes watch all the games? It, right. Well, but a that, lot of them just look at the stats right. and then see the story, well, and they go, oh, well, this guy fits the bill. And look at Baker. Is, is they, when he grabbed his crotch against Kansas, they weren't talking about Baker not being the best player in the nation. It was, is Baker Heisman material? Dylan has all of the Heisman material that to everything yeah. you just said, if he goes in there with all of the wins that he can possibly have this season, and and the turnaround and from the, last year to this year, and the statistics that he's putting up, crap. I mean, if he if he surpasses that top ten um, all yardage time. all time yeah. uh, in passing before then, which it's looking like he will, which it's not a career award yet, it is a career award. Yeah. So I mean, it's like. The kid has everything going for him. To uh, he's obviously, like you said, Jay, he's, he's set up to go to New York. The, when the odds came out after Williams loses this week, where I saw the ones where Gabriel was second in the odds. Yeah, well, I saw second. Well, on, on I mean, Nevada, he was third, and and Williams, Caleb was down to like nine. He dropped like eight to eight. It or was ninth. crazy. Like, yeah, it was like they're reading into the the situation of well, I don't think the they want to give it to this guy, yeah. and the rest of the season's brutal. Well, and, and, and then you hear the news this week about some reporter put out that he's <laughs> he, he his, wants an ownership. His stake. camp is is letting NFL owners know that he wants a stake in the team if they draft him, and that just makes him look worse on a on a surface level. Yeah, and that's going to turn a lot of voters off too. I think that will. I think. It doesn't help that he's got now what I would call negative imagery nationally with Lincoln Riley. Uh, it, it looks like there's excuse making going on, which we've seen it so many times. They are so close. What is the They're deal? Close. So Steve and I were talking about this. What is the deal with Lincoln Riley bringing Caleb Williams out for all of his press conferences after the game to stand there or sit there with him while Lincoln just it's gets like he's working security or something? It's it's like hey, like you know, and he's not giving my guys good, with me. Um, body good body, uh, body pro- posture. No, his yeah. body language is like. He's mad. Well, he's like, tired like, of getting run over because his offensive line's so bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it it's a bad attitude that is what is projected to me. 
Um, that on top of what you're saying, Lucas, about him coming out with this news about I want an ownership stake. Hey, let's slow down and figure out who you are yet. You and, know, and that may not be true in the long run, but that that's out. It there. sure sounds like it was true. It's yeah. really being widely reported, and and to me, it's it's sort of an, a backfire potential. I, I think you can get poisoned a little bit. If I were an NFL owner, I would start have some start to have some second thoughts about this guy. It's like Todd Marinovich's dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, one of he, those situations. You've got, I mean, it, it's it's a different flavor of a Colin, Kaepern, Colin Kaepernick. Like, is this just a troublemaker? Is this somebody that's going to be more trouble than he's worth? What is he going to ask for? I mean, it's apparently Aaron Rodgers asked for the same thing. Well, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, and he got shut down. But you slow down, son. And, and there was You're a report about, yet. I'm going to say three or four weeks ago, and there was a list of like six or seven teams that he was quote unquote willing to get drafted by, or else he would go back to USC. So that's got like yeah. some Eli Manning type vibes. Where yep. and I've I've never forgotten what Eli did. I've never liked him, even when I see him and Peyton do the stuff. I like their banter and all that. I like but Peyton. Going, I don't like going Eli. back to what Archie and Eli did by telling the the Chargers, "We're not going there. You have to trade me because I will never play for you." That, that has left a bad taste in my mouth 20 years later. Well, yeah. it's funny. If, if Caleb does pull the trigger, I, he won't. He will go to the NFL after the season. But it'll be just so funny because if he comes back, Malachi Nelson is gone, in my opinion. I think he leaves. He's not even their backup. Yeah. Yeah, didn't even yeah. come in. But, so, yeah, well, he may be and gone. He, and he may be gone regardless. I want to come play for a new USC it, coach because Lincoln Riley's going to the NFL. But it breaks it – breaks. Uh, spot by me. Lincoln Riley's not going to get offered a job. It breaks Lincoln's – whole QB cycle system that he has of every of other year every, every other, other year, year and him having to figure he out almost what has to, to tell do. him to leave yeah I I mean it's it's a weird he's situation not gonna, he's gonna be in the NFL he's not gonna care <laughs> he doesn't because we'll in see. the NFL the owner and the, or the general manager will probably pick him a defensive coordinator do you and, think and they'll get somebody with a half a brain again I, I as opposed to Alex Grinch, if I were a, cor- if I were a general manager or an owner I'd think this guy's going to completely thwart that. He's going to mess that up. Well, somebody tried it with Kingsbury. I don't think he's any good I, I as a head coach. I, I really – now, there's a lot of dumb things that go on in the NFL. They make a lot of dumb decisions. It could happen. He's a great offensive coordinator, although he's slipped and been less good every year for the last six, seven years. But I don't know. I'm not I've so sure he's going to get a job. I've seen a lot of bad coaches in the NFL. I'm not sure he's going to get a job. There's some really bad NFL I'm a, head coaches. I'm still, I'm still selling that. I mean, short. after his quote, I, I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be this year. Hmm. I think he goes and gets his face kicked in a little bit in the Big Ten. <laughs> I still think he puts up good offensive numbers, but I, I don't think he wins a lot and figures out a way to jump ship. Um, I think and I say it, no. figures out a way because I think it's going to be it's going to be a Kingsbury situation. I think he might be a coordinator. I don't think he'll be a head coach in the NFL. You do not go. That's from my prediction. Being no. a head coach at USC to offensive coordinator in the NFL. I, I think you actually might. There's, well, look at the track record of the previous USC coaches and places they went. I mean, aside from Pete Carroll, it's just a flame out and go to different places and try to find your bearings. Eh, give, give it a couple games. It's going to get up. I mean, the, co- the quotes he released late last week or, or whenever that was um, about how the life, how he envies life of an NFL coach, essentially, of not having to do as much as what college coaches do. Yeah. They can actually take for a guy for a guy who is so resentful of the media, it's pretty humorous the freaking ammunition that he gives them. Well, I'd like to interview an NFL coach and say the typical average one and say, "How much of a vacation do you get?" I bet the off season's pretty damn demanding. 
I bet they're doing quite a bit of football coaching yeah. during that offseason. I think they probably get a couple weeks, like college coaches do, yeah. to go and enjoy themselves. I bet they envy college coaches. I bet they get a whole lot more. I bet not. I bet they work every bit as hard or harder than college coaches who are going around just talking to kids who can't recruit. They can't do much of anything from Jan- from mid-January all the way through August. Yeah, you know, the, you know the NFL coaches that have a lot of time on their hands are the, the ones who ones. don't make the playoffs and have a longer offseason and the not as good ones. Well, I, there's, a, there's a pretty good chance that the Bears are far. They've got currently, obviously it's pretty early in the season. They've only played, what, six NFL games yeah. at this point. The Bears currently have the number one and number two pick because they have the Panthers pick, and their coach is a complete idiot. So it wouldn't surprise me if Caleb and Lincoln are a package, package deal, deal. kind of like Kingsbury and Kyler ended up being at Arizona, even though Kyler didn't play directly for Kingsbury other than the one-year at A&M, I think, um, if I remember right. But that and the Bears' defense is pretty solid, so he could just go in and take the head coaching job be the offensive coordinator and keep the D.C. along with the D.C. system and all the players they already have and turn that franchise around. I hope you're right. A, well, and their number two pick will be I Marvin think, Harrison I Jr. Yeah. I hope he doesn't turn or an the offensive franchise lineman. around. Uh, uh, no, no I, I, no, I hope you're right in, in the realm it. of that he just jumps. and Because I, I, I don't think he'll be successful. Um, I, I would love to see the meltdown in Southern California. <laughs> that would be the best of all. Like it, not, that it's make... already started with the the message board post. Yeah. Oh, they've been the beautiful. Oklahoma fans were right. They told us all along it wasn't just sour grapes. They've told us the whole time that Lincoln knows what he's doing offensively as the coordinator, but he leaves a lot to be. To be teams are weak. Yeah. They're soft. We were. We were. And Alex Grinch is the downfall. We had the, of the whole program pulled over our that. eyes. We were. We were total homers who wanted to believe. And had a lot of reasons to believe because there was a lot of success. But it took him leaving and us really seeing the truth to understand, oh, my God, it wasn't that great. And we had serious problems. And we didn't know how bad we had it until we see, I think, the entire regime come in with Venables and see a full picture of what a a program should look like at this level, at a true blue-chip level. If I'm Lincoln Riley right now, I'm begging for the traditional apathy of USC fans to set in. Stop putting me under the microscope. Lose your expectations and stop caring because this is going to look ugly for the next few games. Well, what did Dabo say? Dabo said, we've got a bunch of bandwagon yeah. fans. That he wants to lighten, the, lighten up the bandwagon. I wouldn't mind losing a couple games just to yeah. get rid of some of these bandwagon fans. That's like, probably that's what a, the heck That's a loser that? statement right there. <laughs> and he's doing a good job of losing fans because yes, he since is. Brent Venables left, they have not been as good. Full well, circle, though, I mean, I, I think if I had to vote today, I'd have Penix number one. It'd be hard for me to put Gabriel as number two. I'd I mean, probably can't have, you put, like... I'd have Caleb as number two, more than likely. I'd have... Didn't McCarthy get in the same boat? I'd have McCarthy a, in a similar position as Gabriel. Yeah. McCarthy, or, yeah, McCarthy, Gabriel, and even, even Bo Nix. Uh, Bo Nix has had a great... No, yeah, Bowers so is out he's been now. hurt, He's though. done for the season. Georgia tied in. So, anyways, yeah, but even the fact that we're getting out. to talk about another OU player more than likely making Going a trip to New, to New York after what we saw last season, what we went through last season, is it's awesome. a strong testament and it's awesome to where we're headed. Like, yeah, yeah we've had our him. we've had our criticisms, but none of us uh, dislike him at all. We love the fact that he's at OU and everything he's doing. We love the story. 
and so we're big supporters, and we'll be the first ones to say we want him to oh, win the Heisman. absolutely. We just don't think right now he's yep. probably going to get the vote. Can always use another statue. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you guys a question that's sort of uh, related to something you were talking about before, and I think, Lucas, you brought this up. Is Farouk our best running back? <laughs> Is he our best threat out of the backfield? With his vision and the yards he gets when he gets the ball back there, um, I, I, I don't know. He might be our biggest threat. Uh, I mean, our longest rush of the year, year is 30 yards, right? Farouk may have had a Something longer one last like last that, unless he had a longer uh, one couple last weeks week, ago. Yeah. As far as the running back goes, Tommy yeah. Walker has a 30 From a running back, Tommy Walker has a 30 yarder. I think Major yarder. has a 19-yarder and Sawchuck has a 17-yarder or something yeah, like that. Yeah, what does Gabriel have? That's he a, might have the longest I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, Gabriel had a 40. It is Gabriel with the yeah, longest rush. Just, I mean, yeah. that's pathetic. It's very bad. How many guys – I mean, literally, yes, we're talking NFL guys, but how many Adrian Peterson – um, Joe, Rod, Mixon. Joe Mixon, P. Ryan, Rodney Anderson, Kennedy, Kennedy Brooks. I mean, how many 80-yard runs have we seen all those guys make? And we haven't had a running back go for more than 30 on a single – against some run dubs early the in the season. season. Yeah. Like, well, we're, we're Oklahoma. Talking Tulsa, we should have that. SMU, Cincinnati. We're talking teams that aren't very good, and we still – we still don't have a, a rush from a running back longer than 30 It's yards. very odd because you would think you would just on accident have the defense in a wrong spot or someone slips yeah. or whatever and get a 30-yard run. And I run. feel like our receivers block well. They do. That's another, It's not like we've got guys yes, they do. in the second level that aren't doing make, the job. It's, but we don't run not anything to the, to the edge. You know, I, I think I'll bring up something that one of our listeners, longtime listeners, Mike, uh, my brother, has brought up. He actually, when he looks at it, he doesn't think it's our line. He thinks the line is opening the right holes. He thinks our running backs don't know how to take the right uh, lanes. Don't know how to. Don't have the vision. We talked about Barnes running right into the back of a running ba- er, a, a block in Tulsa. Which is crazy because Demarco had backs. such good vision. Demarco's vision yeah, was that so might be the hand. Good. But he doesn't that can't see be it when guys don't. It can't, can't be, be taught. taught. Yeah, he, he he's expecting them to see things he sees, and he doesn't get that they don't see it. That's why great players don't always make great coaches. I'm not saying he's not a really good I coach. Still don't, you I'm can improve your vision probably, but it's it's inherent in you from a little a Some little of it's like age. a feel of like when to set up your blocks and like when to hit the hole and different stuff. And who was but, the one that when Stoops was blocking the outside and they just decided to go to the sideline? Major. Line? Who's was major? major? When literally he could have cut in. We talked about it. He could have got 10 more yards cutting in. Yeah. That's – I mean that's little league stuff. Well, he's yeah. ba- he's banged up. So when, and when he's banged up, he's not going to play too much. Sawchuck is still the the biggest mystery to me. I, there there has to be something wrong with him. Well, what or, I'm more worried about is that was a flash in the pan that we saw, and yeah. he's just Sawchuck not. Sawchuck was Trevor Knight. He's just Bama. not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's just not the guy that he showed in that one game. But he ha- he also hasn't. Have gotten enough chances. He hasn't yeah. had the opportunities. That's, he hasn't that's gotten a, a flow of getting to carry the ball. He hasn't gotten 20 carries times. in a game. You've got, to yeah. get, you've got to get a guy to have a lot of carries to, to get into that flow and get into the rhythm of, of seeing your blockers, knowing where they're going to be, and getting to the second level. And then, honestly, from my impression, I'd have to go back and look to really back this up. I feel like when they get into that second level, they make the wrong decision then, too. That they almost run towards a guy. It's like, where's the breakaway? Where's the... I'm not worried about you. That's an arm tackle, and I'm going to break that, and I'm gone. Yeah, they, versus they almost they look for pure contact. Yeah. For contact, it's it's very frustrating and worrisome as far as getting the production that we really want. Well, let's if get, we can ever get the run game going with a oh, dominant back, baby, it is lights out. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're really exceeding 
on offense more so than we probably should be based on our run game. Well, yeah, what was the stat yeah. that, that most improved? You know, Gabriel and, and is, is right there at the top, and he had a really good season last year for the most part. So, yeah, if we can get the run game going, we and that's where you put teams away, obviously, and can dominate, give your, give your defense some good rest. So that's what we'd like to and see. And run some clock. Well, looking, some clock. looking, you know, maybe too far ahead, if you do get into a playoff scenario, you're not going to play anybody that you can't run the – you have to be able to run the yeah. I mean, they just – if they can sit back with two safeties, they don't have to bring anyone up to help oh, with the run. You're, you're, in you're screwed. You're screwed. And back to criticism Gabriel, we know that he will struggle in that situation. He, he, any quarterback would, and he definitely will struggle with that, with that type of situation. So let's get to some predictions. I want to I want to circle back to something we started to touch on. Um, get your prediction or, or guesses as to how many 11 a.m. kickoffs are we going to have this year from here on out. We know you UCF and TCU will be in Kansas. It's Kansas, yeah, in Kansas. Kansas. That's right. Yep. So that's three of the that six. That only leaves OSU, West Virginia, and BYU. Yep. And it is big noon, and we are the big game uh, in this conference. So, uh, are we going to see? Two out of the three more will I, be 11 a.m. Yeah, kickoffs? I, I don't think Provo will be. I, I bet not to. Just because of time zone. I would hope that West Virginia is not, just so we get one more night game I for the I feel like excitement. we always play West Virginia at night. Yeah, it no, seems like we do. I don't feel like that. At home, we don't. At home, we don't. At, there, on, there we do, yeah. which is weird because it's way the hell over on and the cold. eastern. No, we'll we'll, we'll yeah. play West Virginia at 11 a.m. and wear our stupid Unity jerseys. No. Have we ever unities. played West Virginia with regular jerseys? I don't know if we have, actually. Was the Landry Jones... <laughs> we didn't have alternates back then. Kenny so, Stills. Yeah, we didn't have alternates, so we wore that, true that roads. Was true white. Yeah, that was yeah. true whites. Yeah. Was that the first year that could be in the conference? Yes. Okay. And so I don't know about the Oklahoma State game. That's going to be interesting to see if that's an 11 a.m. kick. I think it will um, be. I that, think it might be. Is that possibility of game day being there? I would say there's if, a real if good OS, possibility. If OSU I don't know is, who else plays What are they right week? now, four and two? OSU. Yeah. So yeah. If, if six and two, if they're six and two, and if we're eight and zero, yeah, there's a real good chance. That's yeah. a big matchup. Obviously, you have to look at the schedule to see if there's yeah, any, who, another big game. Yeah, another big game. Yeah, I'm seeing. It could be USC Washington. Maybe USC USC Washington is the same day we play Oklahoma State. Now, if they lost to Utah, they would have two losses. Um, they're going to lose to Utah and California. So and they're not losing to Cal. <laughs> Game day likes Texas, going to Stillwater. Texas, Kansas State. Game day does like going to Stillwater. Yeah. Earthquakes. And they haven't. <laughs> Herb Street. <laughs> they have only been to one OU game, and I think they like going to OU games. And they, I tell you what they do like. They like going to the top programs in the la- la- ha- la- latter half of the year. And so if they have an opportunity to go to anybody in the top five and watch them play, they're going to do it. Bama, so Bama LSU is that same week. But you that f- won't be a big noon kickoff. Oh yeah, we well, got the ESPN. We're talking ESPN though. That, game day. Yeah, I'm, I'm not talking Fox. I was talking. We're game just day. kind of switching gears there. Oh, okay. Yeah, the <laughs> only other game really is Washington USC in terms of 11 a.m. kick on Fox. So we may yeah, see. They're not, they're not going to do that because that's 9 a.m. on West Coast. Right. So yeah, we're probably looking at another 11 a.m. against Oklahoma State and maybe game day <sighs> being there. Well, let's talk about predictions that we like to make, and that would be locks of the week. The realest deal, locks of the week. So, Connor, tell me, how'd you do last week? <laughs> I'm trying to really kind of remember. Yeah, that's not like hard. Were, I guess it. Yeah, 
You're pretty good. Is it good. hard to count to three? Uh, I don't think so. Count to three for me. One, two, three. No, it's not hard. I went it three. Is. I went three and zero last week. How'd you do? I mean, hold on. I see one, two. Three. I was oh, three and oh, oh man. Holy okay. Look at you guys. I want to make sure. Wow. <laughs> I was a hell Mary away from being two and one. <laughs> Instead, we'll put an I asterisk finished, by yours. I finished one and two thanks to uh, the West Virginia not being able to knock a ball down. Yeah, and, but, and a blatant holding call that was oh missed. My God. That was so bad that on the replay. Bad. That was so bad. And everything happened so fast that they didn't show it on TV. But Neil Brown was livid after that game, <laughs> screaming at the refs. And I, I think a lot of it was a, the non-holding call because the uh, Houston oh. quarterback just kind of flushed out of the pocket and threw one down. That so, was a crazy six minutes in the fourth you know, quarter. That, I guess that's like in basketball where you basically uh, punch a guy in the face to get a call at the end yeah. of the game. I don't know if I agree with that theoretically, but um, I, I think I do not. I think that probably should get called, especially that blatant of one, but that, that costs you for sure. You know who else can count to three? Jay can. I can. <laughs> See, I temporarily forgot how the locks of the week worked oh, last week. Oh, and so you went the other way. I you went the it was other loss way. of the week. Yeah. yeah fade and of I the did. week. I did. I'll own up to it. I went 0 and 3. I was also a Hail Mary away from at least getting one victory. <laughs> That's true. But as soon and as a 20, that, a 29 point blown lead. As soon that was as Friday night. as oh, soon as that happened, yeah. though, I knew how the rest of my locks were going to go. So <laughs> I really wasn't that concerned with yeah, the rest I could have gone three notes. That's that's a good point, Connor. Uh, Colorado was up twenty nine to nothing with about seven <laughs> you know minutes to, to go them. in the third quarter, I'm and then they just decided to stop playing football. <laughs> they so. almost, yeah, and, and they didn't just blow the the cover. They lost. <laughs> they lost. Yeah, they lost the game. So I'm we're watching that at the lake, and I'm saying if I'm Lucas. I want them to make sure they lose this game because yeah. I don't want them to win the game and yes. I lose the as cover. Because I was given 11 and a half in that game. Yeah. And I saw 29 and nothing. I was like, oh, this is looking pretty good. Yeah. And then I turn it back on, I don't know, five minutes ago in the fourth quarter. And at that point, I realized my lock's lost. And Not I said, lost. It, there was a chance. Yeah, well, at that point, I was narrow. like, I just hope they lose at this point. Well, so, Steve and I were talking about in overtime. We're like, well, Colorado got the ball first. They score. They're dumb enough. They would get an interception and they'd run and cocky enough. They they take Big it ninety nine yards yeah. and score. And to I cover. said, here's what's going to happen. That guy's going to go and he's going to get tackled on the one yard line, <laughs> and you're not going to cover because. Of and that. Colorado wins. Yeah. <laughs> well, for the season, we're fifty two percent as a group, so we're we're nearly covering the spread, the, the juice. Uh, Connor, you're the big leader right now at 58 percent so so you're you're in the catbird seat on that deal but uh, you know that's water under the bridge let's look forward who's got some locks for this week I, um i want to start with uh jay what do you got jay all right i'm going to take uh usc on a bounce back game uh utah's been talking trash for a whole year they beat them twice last year uh usc at home giving less than a touchdown at six and a half uh, Tennessee at Bama. I'm gonna take Tennessee plus the nine and a half. Nine and a half? Oh, absolutely! I'll take that. That's a lot better than the eight and a half. Um, Bama's just very. Their defense is very good. Their offense is is. We're gonna try and run the football and hit a couple of balls over the top. That's it. It's and Tennessee has a very underrated, good defensive line. I think Alabama's 130th in the country in sacks allowed, so they cannot protect mm. their quarterback. That's nine insane. And a half, nine and a half points to me seems like a lot in a, what I think is a low-scoring game. I don't, I don't know that either team gets. Game means low a lot for 20s, Bama though, maybe. too. After last and year, and 
Um, shoot, I'm trying to think of who else I even went for. I think you went with Duke. I did. I went Duke plus 13 and a half against Florida State. Uh, You've been a, a non-believer in them. All I season. just don't believe in Florida State. I just think they're okay. I don't. Well, I will you, agree with I you. Agree. I don't I agree know. with you on that. It just seems like a lot of points. I agree. But I agree. Well, Lucas, what do you got? I've got Mizzou minus seven against South Carolina. I think Beamer has been making excuses left and right. Um, and I like Shane Beamer, but he's looked really bad the last couple of weeks, complaining referees one time and defense, uh, and, all the defensive execution last yeah, week. And, you know, just, and even in the special teams game, they're just, they're not playing very well. And he broke they, his foot kicking something. Yeah, he got some mad kicked something. Yeah, they they might be bad. South Carolina might be bad for Yeah, they're two and four currently, and they're playing a six and one Mizzou team. This could be one of those lines that that everybody sees at minus seven, and Vegas is just daring you to bet on Mizzou. And we know Vegas usually gets these right. And last week, one of the lines I took, um, it was the Houston-West Virginia game. You're like, how is Houston? Yeah, that line looked yeah, so The wrong. line looked funny. And so that's the ones you usually stay away from, and mm-hmm. I fell for it. And here I am falling for it again. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Um, I've got... JMU minus three and a half against Marshall. I've I've bet I've been on them a couple times this season. I, when I did my locks last week, I actually forgot to check, and they were I think a two and a half point favorite and blew out um, Georgia State. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. You're right. And I, they just completely missed it on my radar on that one because I've been watching JMU play really well. Are they still season. undefeated? They're still undefeated. They are. Yeah. Cracked the top Not only five. are they undefeated. Here's my prediction. OU goes into the conference champion game against Texas, and the narrative is OU needs to win so that because if they lose, they actually aren't going to make the playoffs because James Madison's going to get in. I don't think they can play in it. They're not ranked right now. They're, I think they're twenty third. I think they're in the top twenty five yeah. now. I think like you know last year they couldn't play in a bowl game because they had changed conferences. There's some kind of a weird. Oh really? There's some kind of or not change conferences. They came up. From the lower conference, or from I the lower, oh, I did from I thought they F- were eligible. one AA or FCS, yeah. and now they're an FBS. So there's some weird NCAA rule that they weren't bowl eligible, even though I think they went like ten and two last year or something weird. I don't remember that. Oh, well, but they were good last year. Yeah, they were good last year. So Still my prediction. I'm on them for um, minus three and a half, and then I've got the Pokes of Oklahoma State plus three and a half at West Virginia. Um, that might be another Vegas situation where. They're daring you to bet OSU getting three and a half. Um, I think OSU has figured out they can run the ball, and Ollie Gordon looks phenomenal. And I hope he likes Crimson because I wouldn't mind stealing him from them like we did Trace Ford this there year. It would be awesome if we, could, if we could steal him in the offseason. But uh, I think their run game, Bowman looks a little more comfortable back there. Um, Mike Gundy is not being as stupid as he was early in the season when they're losing to South Alabama or whoever the hell he lost yep, to. South Alabama. So I've got OSU plus three and a half against West Virginia. Connor, what do you got? Um, leading off with uh, the Ohio State University minus four and a half versus Penn State. I feel like I've seen this story a lot where Penn State comes into Columbus <clears throat> ranked, highly ranked, and gets shut down pretty good. I don't know. I don't think Ohio State's as good as what everybody thinks they are, but I also think the same uh, along the lines of Penn State. Really, they've only played West Virginia all year. Um, so I'm taking the Buckeyes in that one. That Air Force minus 11.5 against Navy. Uh, Air Force looks pretty strong this year. Um, still undefeated. 
Navy's at three and three, I believe. You got the an academy matchup, but I think Air Force takes that one. And then I've got BYU at plus four and a half against Texas Tech. Uh, so I don't think Texas Tech is what anyone, especially a lot of national pundits, thinks they thinks they are. And I think BYU's stout. Um, I think they'll give Texas Tech a challenge, and and they cover the plus four and a half there. I've got Washington giving a lot of points, 26.5 to Arizona State, but I think that they are going to come out. And this is a real trap game for me. Coming off of a very emotional game against Oregon, can Washington show up and and cover 26.5 against Arizona State? I'm predicting they can. I'm with Jay. I like Tennessee getting 9.5 to Alabama. I think that uh, Alabama is going to struggle to cover such a big spread. And I'll tell you this, we're not both going to go 3-0 because I've got Penn State getting 4.5 against Ohio State, the OSU. Um, I prefer you to be correct. So now we're not going to have a 12-0 week. We're, now we won't. God. Now we won't. Well, we, well yeah. yeah. Ruining it for everybody. <laughs> yeah. But I, I could see this going either way. Um, I just feel like Penn State has got a little bit more. I don't believe in OSU in, Oklahoma, in, in Ohio State. I don't think that they have what it takes to win a game uh you know they struggled against notre dame pulling it out narrowly really shouldn't have won that game that was really notre dame losing that game so i i I think penn state covers the four and a half we'll see but it'll be interesting i would take a two in one week uh if it meant the buckeyes getting beat it Uh, could be that the buckeyes lose and that has them setting out the conference championship uh, in that conference, and and maybe the best thing that could happen to them is they backdoor their way into the playoff as a result. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, they lose and beat Michigan, and and uh, Michigan both, both beats, beats Penn State. All three will have a loss. Yeah, and they will come they down to some tiebreaker. OU Texas Texas Tech tiebreaker. Yeah. Scenario. Yeah, it could be it could be really weird in the Big Ten, yeah, especially that. because they play divisions. So that everybody, it's, it's all loaded on that one the side. The other side of the bracket is horrible. It's yeah. just Iowa. horrible. It's Iowa. It's, it's going to be Iowa. Iowa. I mean, it's, yeah. it's bad. Now Iowa could be 12-1, and one and they go in, they, they win it all. They might only score 117 points the they whole season. They get into the playoff with a, with an <laughs> offensive coordinator who's going to get fired because he didn't score enough points. Uh, yeah, it sucks that Ohio State, that Ohio State game's the same time as uh, our game. Mm. Yeah, definitely so. Well, uh, let's talk about the upcoming game for the Sooners, and let's talk about score predictions. Um so, what are you telling me? I, I, um, go ahead. Oh, so I've got, uh, I've got, the, I'll, I'll lead us off. I got the Sooners winning and covering 59 to 17. Phew. 59 I mean, to 17. I'll be all right with that. Big game. I've got OU winning as well, also covering. I've got 52 to 21. <laughs> Lucas, I, what do you got? I've got OU 52 and UCF 20. No, no, you don't. Yeah, I do. 52? Yep. Oh, he changed it. He changed it. That's <laughs> what you're telling it. me. Yeah, oh, like he's changing it. A few it. minutes ago, I he sent did. You he that. did. He sent it in. It's official. Yeah, fifty-two so to twenty. <laughs> wow. All right. So, Jay, what do you got? Forty-four twenty. Not as not as as good on. Uh, How are we well, getting a forty-four in this on game? offense? I don't know. Okay. Well, they're all possible. Three field goals. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, that's what I was wondering. No, I, I tell you how we're going to get it. We're going to get. He's got five touchdowns we're gonna get a and, safety. Three, and three field goals. No, we're going to get oh. a safety. Hey, oh, Bowen going to block another punt. And a safety. Yeah, block a punt and trace forward and put it through the back of the end zone. <laughs> 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 I'll take it. I would take any of those scores. All of them. All of us have OU covering, so that's exciting. That's good. Um, 
I don't know. Seventh time this season. It'd be the seventh time this season, which would be the eighth time in a row because we covered in the Florida State bowl game last year. Um, it's it's tough to do that when you look at it, but then again, I don't think the national narrative is caught up to where these Sooners really are. I don't think we're getting the respect we actually deserve, and it'll get tighter as it goes. But I I definitely think we've got an opportunity to to outscore Vegas, if you will, going going forward. So anything else to talk about leading into this game? Uh, it's it's exciting to see the Sooners at six and zero. Be fun seeing Gabriel and Lebby against their old team. I mean, I think it's a. It's, yeah, that I think be. I, I think a lot of people were expecting that storyline to be more than what it is at this point, and thankfully for us, the storyline is that the Sooners are six and zero, and we've got a lot to play for this week and and all the weeks after. So um, it's weird that we're already halfway through the season. It's it has flown by. It is weird. It's always like that, but man, it's it's really gone by quickly this year. I went with a lower scoring game um, because I hope that we are really trying to establish the run and it just shortens the game and if they if they sell out to stop our run I think the scores you guys are going to be much closer because I think we'll just hit we'll hit them over the top all day long if they just sell out to stop our run game so that's kind of why I went with the lower score I'm hoping it's because we're just pounding the rock and the game gets over pretty fast and it's a nice comfortable win does Brennan Thompson get to play more this game with Andrew Anthony out? I know we'll see more Nick Anderson, I'm sure, and maybe some more Gibson, but does does Thompson get in more? I think it's a good opportunity for him, too. I would hope so. I, think, I would hope so across the board. Especially not seeing him in the Texas game. Yeah, that was shocking to me. Not too shocking to me. I think they, you know, coaches tend to be so conservative in tough games. They go with players that are so as seasoned as they can. And so this is a game where you have an opportunity to play a lot of guys. I hope they look at it that way and get a lot of experience for, for some guys who haven't seen a lot of catches. Um, I'd like to see Nick Anderson get the ball, get, be targeted like eight, nine times at least. That would be really nice. Um, you know, which which would mean like seven touchdowns based on his history. He's been on the field a lot more than you would think. He's just not um, targeted. Just not targeted, Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if he's he's also he's not the, the number he, one receiver with An- Anthony, and now all of a sudden he might potentially be that guy. He's just a dude, and I'm excited. I mean, I think just the little flashes we've seen, even not even just the the crazy emotional touchdown, but I mean, what he can do with the ball after he gets it in his hands. He seems between, really aggressive between him and Farouk. Like I, they are catching the ball with the intention of getting yards yeah. after that catch. And no, I their attitude is love just tremendous. Uh, so, I know. wish they would use Farouk like a Debo Samuel. Yeah. yeah. Just line him up wherever you can. Just constantly give him yep. the ball just different ways. Well, different they did a little bit, put him in the Wildcat. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Which is sort of what we expected out of Freeman, and we haven't seen it. But Farouk has been more of that guy. Um, I want to see Jaquez Petaway play so badly. I want to see some Petaway. Uh, I'd like to see that develop and get him coming some good out of experience. camp freeman was all all anybody talked about that's all yeah he, i don't the know, best receiver on the team but he can't and he's been non-existent but you can't play him over stoops like you just can't and i they're not going to put him on the outside but you can have him instead of stogner you can have two slot receivers can. Well, I, we wanted I, to see four receivers and we got a little bit yeah. of that and that was at the yeah that's a good Tulsa game. that's a good question do we see i uh, think we're going to see more do stogner. we see more stogner or less Stogner? i think we're going to see more stogner uh. Well, I'd love to see success with Stogner. I just have my doubts that that can happen. I'd like to see them understand that the four receivers with true true wideouts uh, and slot guys be the, 
the composition of those four. Um, I think that's a much more potent offense. Um, Thank goodness we have depth there. Yeah, absolutely. I need to report on my ticket situation. I don't think we talked about it on the pod. Yeah, no, let's talk about that. Um, you know, I'm the foremost end zone analyst in the country, and um, I've been in Section 16 since 2000. Um, I was, I think, row 56 or so for a couple of years, and I moved up to row 71, and then for the last... You bought those seats from Benny Owen, For I the think. last eight years, I think, or so, I've been in row 72 up against the wall at the top. Love it. Would never get rid of those seats in my life. Unless you, unless you were made to. I, I planned on dying in those seats, maybe even literally. <laughs> and I was, That would have been a hell of a post-game video. <laughs> It'd be weekend at Bernie's. He'd be <laughs> propping me up doing the post-game report. <laughs> But, and instead uh, of throwing the ball out of the back of the in, or out of the back of the stadium, we just toss Lucas over. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with the new SEC rules of five thousand away tickets as opposed to the Big Twelve twenty five hundred, and then twenty five hundred in the lower bowl, and then they've also moved the students, which didn't affect me this time, but they moved the students have to be they can't go past the thirty yard line behind the visitors bench. Um, so I lost all of section fifteen is going to be away tickets starting next year. And then the top 18 rows of Section 16, which were my seats, um, are going to be away. And then I think the band is going to go in the lower 16. Mm-hmm. And then I think they move the students to, I want to say, 22 to 25 or whatever. Yeah. So I had to re- re-pick tickets for the first time in forever. And I ended up getting the top of Section 20. So my current seats, I look right down the OU sideline at the top of the north uh, in my section. And now I'm essentially just going to be looking down the away sideline. So I'll have about the same view, but on the different on the be easier side. to see the uh, the OU players out there on the sideline. That's and, true. And get it good. I, mean, I get can it see it all from the end zone. That's what I keep telling you guys. So yeah. you're not superstitious, you but you're a little stitious. So as I look at it and think about the fact that OU knew this was happening from the get-go this season, they just waited to release this information late. Thank God we're winning. So basically it was already baked into the cake that you were moving. Could yeah. it be the, the case that all of our woes and lack of accomplishing all our goals was just that you were in the wrong section all this time? And no, now you're we, going to be in the right section? Because we won section? the 2000 National Championship while I was in this section. It's true, but you weren't at the top. And then I went to the the big thing at the end of the season celebrating the National Championship. Toby Keith came out and gave a speech. And I was in, it was all in the north end zone because that's where the best fans sit. So they decided to put the stage in the north end zone itself and they, then the stands. They said. So they, I went on that freezing ass cold January day too. in the north end I zone. I was there. Rooting on my Sooners. Patrick Fletcher got a big they ovation. Did, they did. You know, he, yeah, he did. He, he had, a, had a lot to say that game. He rattled off all the national championships. Um, I think what they said in the press release was they wanted to throw a bone to the people who really don't get to see the games. And so they were going to do that for them. Is why they did that. Well, that's there was a reason you got the early window, right? I mean, <laughs> they could have just waited until next, like the the actual window. Well, I actually thought what they should have done is they should have had people with existing season tickets say yes or no if they were going to keep tickets because there's some people that get tickets for a couple of years and then and give then them back up. Give them so I thought I might be screwed as getting the tickets I wanted because of people not having the option to give away, you know, give their tickets up which would open up more tickets, essentially. I don't know how many people would turn down the first season in the SEC, but there'd be some people. There'd be some. I bet, I bet if, I was, if I was in your position and I had to move, I think some of the best seats that I could imagine 
like there's that scoreboard that kind of hangs out a little bit. Well, if yeah. you could be under in the north it end zone. and, and if you could, if you could be underneath the scoreboard, so you'd always be in the shade, be in and the be shade, protected from be protected rain. from the elements. Did you look into those? I did look into those. Well, oh. Did you not get them? Uh, nope, I got outvoted. We have <laughs> we have five seats, and uh, I lost that one three to two. Democracy. Yep. Remind was, me who was on your side. It was democracy. Uh, a coin flip. Was, the coin flip was, was one. One of the people in my five decided to flip a coin, and that became a scoreboard vote. And then my scoreboard vote. But then the other three wanted the wall. Which oh man! The wall is very nice because you never have anybody putting their knees in your back mm-hmm. from behind. Yeah, sure. You get to stand up whenever you want. Okay. Um, you don't your have. Legs, you don't almost have heat strokes. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. What about rain? You get rain when there's no. I was trying to think back, and I think. The Ohio State game, it rained before the game really bad, and then yeah. a little bit during the game, but not much. Well, that I rain was coming another, in from the north, though. I can't think of another really rain game. Well, I mean, I'll, the P. Ryan game was I'll be was honest, brutal. rain. we've done pretty well in the rain. I we think have. the P. Ryan game, <laughs> yeah. I think back to Texas several Oklahoma well. State games where the, we the won. The Texas Tech delayed the, game. You know, so, yeah. Uh, it did not do well. Maybe it's, I, maybe there was it's okay. Iowa State when Seneca Wallace came to town that it was it rained a little bit that game. The North, the, North, the, uh, the North Texas throwback uniform game was yeah, super yeah, rainy. That yeah. was, yeah, 2000. I think we had a delay against Baylor in the early 2000s. Now, the Texas Tech delay wasn't good. but So, as long as there's not a delay, you're in great shape. Yeah, I think so. That so. Sooners are mutters. They can handle the rain. I'm still going to be the country's foremost end zone analyst. So Nonetheless, yeah, we're, we're very happy that you found your seats. Yep. Keep the crew I was together. That was something I was stressed for a good three weeks about. What I think is great. Yes, you were. We were stressed for you because I didn't want to hear you bitch about yeah, it. I was for tired the next of hearing year. about it. Um, I was, I'm glad that you'll have a better vantage of us. You'll be able to see us enjoying a great view. You have a better mm. angle to see that. That's going to be wonderful. I'll be further away from you. So that's also good. The stench um, will be less. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we'll see how it goes uh, this coming Saturday, one of your last three games, enjoying those seats in Section 16. Sooners are rolling. They're 6-0. and They're looking to be 6-0 and from, uh, from here out, uh, to be 12-0 and going into a conference championship. But it's one game at a time. We'll see what they can do. Um, reminder, go to Fluke Luke fishing on youtube go check it out listen to those reviews listen to his he he catches some big bass he knows how to catch those bass but until that time boomer sooner. sooner